Welcome one and all to the CL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in now on Highland Radio. This is your weekly G Radio show and podcast being produced by Joe Dex. Joe is back looking after me. Thanks very much, Joe. Much appreciated. Back in the house. Good to see him. I want to thank Ivan Borden for the Power Hour Plus. He had the tunes going there, the feet tapping uh, on a Monday evening. Great to hear Donald Kavanagh there with the news update. Now, just from the weekend, a bit of news. The Senior Ladies Football Championship kicked off at the weekend and the two titans that are Glenn Fun and Terman had big wins sending out a warning shot across their Senior Championship. Terman beating St. Unions in the Donald Park 2-9 to 6. Glenn Fun 4-9 to 6 points. Winners against St. Nalls and Maville beating Boncrana in an any shown derby game. An under-15 boys football division one Cup final success for St. Unions, uh, beating a much-fancied four-masters side, won 11 to 9 points. And Glenn Swilly defeating Dunlow by two points to pick up the honours in that division two. So before we get into the roundup of the week, we're going to talk to Barry Meehan shortly about intermediate and junior championships. We're going to talk first to the man from the iconic media group, Frank the Tank. It is Frank Craig. Welcome to the show, Frank. Brett, how's things? Are you coming through loud and clear where to get these headphones on, lad? We had a bit of a bit of a rush start there. I'm just uh, trying to compose myself, eh? so you you can guide me through the next few minutes, Frank. Before we get on the senior championship and everything that happened at the weekend, the man, the myth, the legend, Jimmy McGuinness, is back in the hot seat. Uh, I'm wondering what you make of the appointment. Is he? Are you excited about the rest of us and the backroom team? He's named. Definitely, really excited. It was kind of one of those things, even. I think as early as the beginning of last week, we kind of were pretty sure that this was happening. But even then, you were kind of, you kind of weren't going to believe it till you seen it. And then obviously it was confirmed uh, at the county committee. I mean, I think it's great, Brett. But the funny thing is, like, there's people like myself and yourself and plenty of people out there that sort of, you know, live, eat and breathe GAA that are excited about it. But even there's people outside that sort of, realm as well like you know I, I, was, I was chatting in, in the office the last night saying like my own mother hasn't spoken about Donegal since 2014 like she started speaking about Donegal again this week simply because Jim McGuinness is back he kind of he kind of transcends in that way we but like like Daniel O'Donnell like everybody from the length and breadth of Donegal is sort of infatuated with him like but just in terms of a, a footballing sense it's, it's exactly what Donegal needed on the field and even off the field I kind of left spirits because there's just been so much negative press. I mean, nobody does, nobody does like blockbuster quite like Donegal, good and bad. I mean, if you go back over the last decade, you, you know some of the the scandals, some of the highs and lows. Like sometimes it's good headlines, and sometimes it's probably fodder as well. You know, on, on a national sense. So this is just giving everybody a huge lift. But I mean, the interest outside Donegal too is huge. Simply just need to type Jimmy Guinness into Google this weekend and everybody's having a say on it. Yeah, so listen, absolutely brilliant news. Yeah, so Frank Craig, a huge Jimmy Guinness fan and Daniel O'Donnell fan. You heard it here first. Uh, you think you know somebody, but yes, Frank, listen, a lot, lot to be made of it now. You look at the backroom team there uh, in terms of, you know, Colin McFadden coming in, Neil McGee, you know, Luke Barrett in there, uh, Anton and his, his S&C coach. You know, real family affair there. I, I spoke to Colin McFadden. 
this morning actually um, a young lad was starting uh, St. Dunans and obviously you're not going to uh, quiz any of these boys you know it's going to be a tight uh, ship but big commitment from them but, but in certain ways you know uh, a nice uh, I suppose mission for them to be on for Donegal football and especially be Jim at the helm there'll be so much learning from those guys and then outside of that you know you have in the background now from that 2012 to 14 you have the likes of Lacey you know there's no doubt in Murfield you know, improve and maybe join this team at some stage. Frank Leo McLoon has been coaching, you know, uh, Eamon McGee, Durkin, you know, uh, all these lads are, are in the background now, Kavna. You have fellas now, Frank, from a time where we didn't seem to have many candidates, but the time Jim has finished here now, there should be a whole host of, of, of ready-made top guys to take, take Donegal on. I think so, and kind of like it's a fresh sort of vibrant backroom team, you know, boys that maybe aren't out of uh, not just the inter county scene, but even club scene. You know, Colin McFadden's obviously been down in Sligo. Neil McGee up until last year was still playing for Donegal, absolute Trojan and legend, and like two very different characters, Neil and Colin. But I, I think Jim's specifically going to want to after them for for obvious reasons. Uh, you think back, maybe Jim's first time involved, obviously Rory Galler there. You know that. That was an intense dynamic. It, it probably burnt itself out pretty quickly because they were two probably, you know, very formidable characters. Second, you know, backroom team Jim took in there that their time was like Damien Dever, Paul McGonigal, John Duffy. Um, worked well as well. You know, Donegal got to an all Ireland semi or an all Ireland final two thousand fourteen. Like the look of this, and as you say, and just in terms of that lineage, I think those lads all of a sudden looking you know, at Jim learning from Jim coming on board. I think he'll have his fingerprints too, hopefully. Uh, further down the pecking order and down the line in that sense. You know, Leo McLoon sounded very disillusioned uh, at the end of his uh, under-20 tenure, you know, Eamon McGee too, with the off-field issues that were sort of happening around the academy. Uh, with Jim back on board now, maybe Brenton, it, it kind of steadies that there ship in a sense and hopefully th- those lads are staying involved and it might encourage as well obviously Luke Barrett stepped up I don't know what his intentions are going forward with the minors but maybe it opens the door for one of those other lads as you say kind of to come on board now but I think lessons have to be learned I mean Jim departed in 2014 and probably thought not that he's let, he'd left a template or, or, or sort of foundation in place but maybe he set an example and he, he he's probably you know he's probably but perplexed himself that we've sort of dropped the ball so spectacularly in the last while in that there sense, you know, you would hear the likes of Martin McHugh and Anthony Malloy, you know, speaking about 92, where maybe, you know, it wasn't built upon. The fact that Jim's back here now, hopefully in terms of structures, like the academy is the hugely obvious one, uh, but just laying maybe, laying foundations just going forward that this stuff is sort of, you know, it sort of lends itself to success maybe and just progress and just stability. And, and that's just, I think that's, That'll be the big thing in this reign, what he can uh, leaves behind him in three to four years' time if he does step away at the end of that there cycle. But uh, just so much to sort of unpack and get your head around because he just offers so much. I think Donegal really, really need to plug into that there uh, and get the most out of it now, Brent, moving forward. Mm. It's fascinating, Frank, when you look at it in terms of what Jim did. I mean, it's absolutely, I mean, completely changed the game. Took Donegal from, from being outside the top, 10, 12 to, to being the best in the country inside two years, you know, couldn't win an All-Star, won three out of four. You know, it's a All-Ireland, All-Ireland final coming up by Division 2. It was it was absolutely unbelievable. It was breathtaking what was happening. Jim went on this uh, soccer journey then and we probably thought we'd maybe lost him in some way in terms of uh, him coming back, you know. Uh, but now he is back and he's ready to take the helm again. 
what's your feeling Frank, on on now in terms of how far the game has changed from 2014 to where it is now and the tactics that he'll now employ uh, in terms of you know he can't come with this I suppose this uh, trap setting you know it is basically Frank it has to be a version of what everybody else is playing you're going to require huge fitness uh, uh, you know the belief isn't as lagging as it was in as it is uh, as it was in as it is now the lads would believe you know so his job is to I suppose to get lads unbelievably fit focused you know and as we're seeing with a lot of the top teams now try and target the opposition break into space and, and do a version of what the other team's doing is that how you see uh, Donegal playing out now under Jim? Without a doubt like I think the great thing is like he's had uh, he's literally had a bird's eye view of modern football and his role with Sky Sports I mean he's been looking and analysing these top you know top sides from the best seats in the house at a lot of these grounds so yeah he, he'll kind of survey he'll look at obviously Kerry Dublin nationally is there a Big dog in Ulster insofar as Tyrone were circled on the board back in 2010-11. I don't think, I know Derry are back-to-back Ulster champions, but I, I, like I wonder if that Derry squad had its apex with an All-Ireland semi-final. I think Donegal, you know, motivated with their best players there. I think Ulster is more than a realistic target right away. In terms of style of play, Brent, he will have a way he wants to play. And he looked to identify. I mean, he's spoken about this. I went down a rabbit hole last week in terms of podcasts and just old, old sort of archived columns of gyms. And he, he just talked about uh, identifying a style of play and then fighting players that uh, can fit in that their style. Very aerobic, very fit. And of course, uh, we look back at what he did in 2010, sorry, in 2010, started 2011 in terms. It was a huge shock to, the, shock to the system. Donegal were probably the fittest team in Ireland in that first spell. The gains he made that time, I don't think he can make them fitness-wise anymore. I think every side is up to speed now in terms of SNC, or SNC nutrition, etc. So the, the gains he's going to have to find is, is probably looking at the game and seeing how he can exploit maybe ways or bend it suit what he wants to do. I mean, he did it first time around. Like, I have no doubt it won't be the same style of play. But, like, you look at it, Brent, like, some of it is still very familiar in terms of, you know, I suppose real intense pressing, real intense, you know, defending in numbers, getting forward in numbers. And uh, over the course of 70 minutes, he's kind of spoken about this in terms of people kind of generically asked him, like, on these podcasts about, you know, like, what have you learned from soccer? How would you incorporate that in the modern game? So kind of speaking about coaching a modern team, but not necessarily Donegal at the time, he kind of explained that uh, Roger Smith, who who we worked with in uh, China, like, he follows that Red Bull model. And uh, if you Google about that Red Bull, model they obviously own you know eight or nine clubs around the world they have a style of play what style of play which is just it's really really intense in terms of, of how they press the opposition how they work hard it's actually exhausting over the course of the 90 minutes and they were wondering you know how you could maybe harness that there and maybe apply it in a GA sense so there, there's some great listening there if you just type in actually Jim McGuinness into Spotify you'll see a lot of those coaching sort of talks he's had like really really interesting stuff you kind of just, like, I think starting in Division 2, Brent, it's, it's probably a nice platform to bring players in. I think he'll, he'll probably, he'll probably I would say, there'll be a big extended squad there right away. And then it'll be probably a matter of who can stick the pace, who can last it. And I kind of, 
kind of wrote about this last week. There will be lads there on the periphery that'll that'll suddenly be thinking, you know, yeah, I have a good engine. I could actually maybe fit in these here plans. And you look back to that first time around and the players that sort of could conform to that there and maybe maybe you thought there mightn't have been a place for them. Like Ryan Bradley, by his own admission, was a and and these were his words, like, you know, he was a pudgy full forward under the previous regime, unfit. I mean, Jim turned him into an absolute storming player. You look back at those games, Ryan Bradley was breaking lines, he was making yards, he was a phenomenal athlete once he bought into that. Neil Goller, Jim didn't fancy him right away, knuckled down, dug in, and then Neil Goller was phenomenal. Colin McFadden, people thought, you know, Colin wouldn't fit in to that there sort of thing. Colin, I thought, should have been play, player of the year in 2012. So there'll be lads that'll thrive there. Of course, young fellas, like will love it and they'll be like... You know, they'll be super excited, but there's a cohort there, Brenton, the likes of, you know, 27-year-old Owen Bangaller, the Jason McGee's, the Michael Langans. I think there's so much untapped potential still there as well. Like, those lads will be super excited now that, that, that maybe they can finally kick on, maybe, and, and show the real, real ability that, that I genuinely believe still in there and that their squad. Yeah, certainly. I agree. And I just think from last year, particularly the way the team stabilised without some of those players and injuries and players who didn't commit, if they're all back, you know, mm. particularly that spine of our team, you just mentioned a couple of them there from Patton, McCall, Lone Ban, the big Huey midfield, McGonagall, you know, when, when Jason come back and then Jamie Brennan, I thought 11, I think that's a, a brilliant role where he was playing and of course, yeah. uh, Farah inside, unbelievable. And like Oshin Gallen is the yeah. potential to be, I think, yeah. like a real superstar, like if he can get a, you know, a free runner injury and you yes. mentioned like that day you were receiving the commentary box up you know, Monaghan, even in our lowest ebb last year, like I, I even watched back the Derry game there late. I think it was on a holiday at the time and I had a record and I watched it back there about three weeks ago. Like we were right in that game, you know, up until 60, 60 or so minutes. And and that's us maybe a little bit just jointed and with the amount of maybe upheaval that was in the rear view mirror, you know, from the previous January. So, you know, if Jim adds even a bit of structure, you know, a bit of uh, you know gym magic dust Which really, to do. on top of all that there. Yeah, like, yeah. That's easy uh, for him. Like, that's the easy part. Yeah, yeah, for him. That like that like I think like when you hear that players were calling to his house the day after the Tyrone game to beg him. I mean, they're lads like that really, really mm. want to achieve and believe they kind of can. And see, like you look at like Michael Langan, like what a player, and you wonder like how much more potential is in that there, like Owen Ban. You know, I think should be picking up all stars at wing half back. Like yeah. maybe Jim transitions him into a centre half back. Like I just think all these lads, Patter Morgan, I, I just think there's so much there yet that we haven't really seen yet. Some of the fears of it, like Brent McCall, all of a sudden, you know, looks an amazing player at full back as well. Yeah. I think there's a lot of negativity. You know, people are kind of saying, oh, we don't have maybe the players that we had kind of into though, but we didn't really. Hindsight is, you know, Hindsight works kind of both ways. We only kind of realised that there after those lads went on that journey back then, right. that how good they were. Like Donegal kind of, I think there'll be a, the difference, which is, McGuinness came in the first time and there wasn't any real expectation because Donegal were at such a low web. It's a very different Jim McGuinness that walks in now, the CV that he has. Like, I think there will be a serious expectation out there. Though a certain amount of people will immediately think, you know, the good times are going to, the role once again right away. So it's kind of we would have added pressure there in that there sense. But like again, I don't think it'll phase him. Uh, Ulster, I still don't think Ulster's, you know, there's anybody really, there's three or four teams there all on a similar level. It'll be very interesting to see uh, if we can get back 
to the top there. Yeah. And then you, you can start thinking kind of outside the box. Yeah. But there's I, no people are talking about two and three years down. But I, there's no yeah. reason I don't think next year that Donegal can't really, really ramp it up. I, I, I just think, I, Frank, I'm going to go, we're going to be rigid until we get to that stage, which is going to be way down. And you know we'll have to open up a bit. I think it's it'll be defence first. That's where you have to have to start and we'll leave that in Jim's capable hands of course he was watching his native Neve Connell yesterday it was a big game of the weekend uh, Frank was it a case a very good first half from Dunan's very good second half from Neve Connell what did you make of it? That's exactly what it was they were pretty, two pretty identical performances 7-2 at half time uh, to St. Dunan's and then Glenty's outscored uh, the letter Kenny men 7-2 after that there to finish 9 all. both sides and between they had kind of big goal chances too I think Dunan Doherty broke through for Glenties, if he had progressed at all, might have hit the net, and it was the same up the other side. I think it might have been here, might have been Kevin. I'm not sure. But Units had a chance to where they have they progressed at all. So it's kind of it was interesting. Like like Units went eight two up at the start of the second half, and you're thinking, well, you mean this this is a a great position now to be in. The funny thing, I kind of I was kind of surprised that they kept maybe going at Navecon probably because they'd reap the rewards in the first half but they were turned over quite a bit then uh, they were getting hit in the count I just think if you had a six and now people won't the purists won't like it but if you're six points up at that their stage you know you maybe work the ball back and invite Glenties out and top you so Unis will be disappointed but they'll take great heart from how they maybe got at Glenties in that their first half because I think they've probably they couldn't really afford Brenton to lose a third big game on the trot mm. to Nave Connell. It would have been a real, you know, morale breaker. They obviously lost the county final last year. Not that the league final counts for much, but on paper, you know, it was it was a second loss. Uh, Nave Connell will be pleased with, with the response they showed. But a needle there, you know, I know I didn't even look through Twitter. People are probably giving out about it as a spectacle, but I, I love the needle at the start. I love the needle during and even probably boiled over maybe a wee bit to it. But, you know, these two sides meet again, Brenton, you know, in the quarterfinal or the semifinal or final, like there's going to be absolute fireworks because it felt like championship uh, on Sunday. And just even like, I think it's palpable. Jim McGinnis' presence these games too. Like he was in our draw and there was a real edge to that there as well. People probably might be seeing it as a shop window. Um, it was niggled, but I know. Listen, it, people can overstep the mark too. But you know, you like to see that wee bit of primalism just injected in these games because I think we've been going to a lot of these contests lately, and you, you know, we're not getting bang for a buck. But uh, no, I enjoyed uh, Sunday, and even while it was slow to get going on Saturday night, the second half again because they're two well-matched teams, uh, McCool's and Kelly Beggs. Enjoyed the second half of that as well. Mm. Yeah, interesting. I think from from that game, Frank, that really, you know, you you look at it, Unions probably learned that they can open up this Neve Connell team. Neve Connell realised that they're never say die and they can come back at anybody. So it still kind of leaves the next tie should they meet and more likely they will meet at some stage. Uh, mm. just, a, just a small point on Conor O'Donnell. He only came on when the game was over and Shane O'Donnell. You know, chatting somebody today saying, you know, if you put the two of them in, you know, it's game over. But, it doesn't work like that. You know, we've seen this many times. You think when you weigh yeah. up that game to the next game, putting them in, things things never transpire. They're not so, yeah, very very interesting to see how that balances out. Frank, from the weekend there, looking goals, as we always say, the old addicts, wins games. And, and, and I just look, you know, Kilcar, two goals in St. Michael's to their nil, which was the, with the fighting factor. McCool's goal against Killy Beggs was the decider. Ardra, Arrua's two against Gidor's nil. And Clonelly's three against Mulford. You know, putting away those three pointers, that is the difference in, in winning and losing and it's it's critical 
to at least match the opposition in terms of goals, and that was the undoing in those four games. Yeah, there's like the, there's a pattern there. It's, it, it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, and uh, the way club football can is in Donegal, even across the board. It, I think it's it's hard to engineer those sort of opportunities, and, and when you get into them, I think you have to take them. And that like those two examples that I used in the St. Union's Nave Connell game, like you're when they're on, they're on. Like and like once upon a time, you might get two or three of those in, in a club championship game. Now they're like hen's teeth. And in the modern era, at that their level, like you, you sometimes wonder if if players even kind of work on that kind of anymore. You know, I know the inside forwards and maybe the offensive players do, but you often kind of wonder like how much how much practice goes into maybe guys behind midfield in that sense because it always seems to be them on the tail end of of those counters, Brenton off the shoulder. It's always the late lad coming, maybe the, the corner back or something like that there that sort of finds himself in front of the. The headlights, like you know, so uh, yeah. But listen, big, big, big impacts in the games across the weekend. There, those goals definitely, and especially in McCool Park on Saturday night. Joe Bradley Walsh's three pointer was was a difference in that game. And and where would you put this? A real? We're talking a long time about the four. It's it's probably fading off a bit in terms of top four. You probably weren't surprised to see a real beat. Now Gidor had the better of it first half, but two goals in a minute just swung that uh, tie around. But something building there with a real, Frank. Aye, listen, Eamon uh, McGee, like you obviously spoke uh, on to ourselves, Donegal live, and he had kind of made the point that he felt a real be favourites up there. And I don't think he was saying, you know, Gidor aren't the force they were. They, they've lost a lot of players, but they probably still felt that they. They, they still might have been fit to go to Ballyshannon and get the one. They really got a lot of criticism the week before, you know, against Four Masters. The, and I've seen even their own social media having have a few bites back there after the weekend's won over Guidor. But listen, John McNulty sets a stall up, up a certain way. And it, I suppose that they're getting a defensive shape right. You're, you're probably just hoping that they'll add a, a sort of attacking dynamic that there, like two eight at the weekend. This was that still ten scores, but you kind of have to cut your your cloth to suit. They're formidable. Uh, they're robust. They're physical. Maybe they just are lacking those those sort of players that that's needed. Maybe to be clinical, you know, in the final. There, like I don't think we're chatting about like even if if, if they are in the top four now, and maybe Glenn Swallier. Are, are kind of edging in there. You're probably wondering if Kilkyard drifted off, Guidor drifted But I still think in terms of championship, Brendan, it's, it's become a top two now. Do you know, like I, I don't see anybody outside St. Unions or Glenty's won in this here senior football championship. So yeah, I think the top four, we can finally maybe stop talking about that. But that doesn't mean, there's probably four or five sides on any given day can be competitive against the other. But I think uh, Glenty's and St. Unions against those other sides would edge it. It just... It just, I think, it'll boil down to if and when uh, Glenties and St. Unions renew acquaintances with the open draw. I mean, in the quarter final, we like you could have a, a massive casualty, you know, right away there. So, like, it, that's when it's going to get really interesting. Yeah, indeed, sir. Uh, our Glenn Fun playing out a cracker. You know, our draw coming out a point to the good in that one. Uh, uh, just Malloy kicking two four in the first half at some kicking. I don't know, for Glenn Fun matched that by the time the game was over, but mm. our draw aged them out by a point. Uh, Get the Glenn Swilly in a minute. First of all, Kilkyar, we, we were mentioning, of course, Farah there and, and his brilliance. Patrick Birdie's lighting it up in the score charts. What was it 10? Was it 10 points last week or 10 or 11 and 1 7? 1 7 this week, yeah. yeah. Oh, listen, a club like at that level, anytime you go and watch Kilkyar, Patrick Birdie is still the man. Still the man. And uh, listen, 
He's probably he's probably making up for lost time too. Like he came back into an intercounty county scene off the back of a really, really bad injury. So he's probably still just kind of fighting his groove. Listen, they rely on him so much. Um and of course today Jim McGinnis kind of revealed in his own column at the weekend that Paddy was actually one of the lads that called down to his house. So there's still a serious determination and, and fire there. Like those lads have won senior championship. They probably feel they, they may possibly should have won more. Like I, I still don't think they're the force they once were. Um, but on, on any given day, they, they're, they're more than capable of putting it up to anybody. Uh, as you say, like I think Mark McHugh's still playing in goals for them, which is like you kind of wonder is that a long term thing now? Is it something that is still happening because he's missed a lot of training because he was involved with Roscommon? I don't know. Um, I don't know if they have the strength and depth out the field maybe to be using somebody like Mark in goals, but that, that, that's the route they're going down. Sort of early doors here in this year's championship, so it'll be interesting to see if they persist with that there, often when they do progress and to the last twelve or last eight. Yeah, yes, indeed. And Dunlow uh, lost to four masters at home. Big one for four masters that they are brilliant individual. Killian Faulkner goal was the deciding factor in that pulling them away towards the end of that. That was an important victory, I think. Four masters, no more in our drag, getting off the mark. As you just mentioned there, Frank, a side that's been competing and is having it hard is St. Nulls. Uh, Glenn Swilly um, aging them out 111 to, to 16. And there's this kind of question mark above all the other teams that Glenn Swilly are putting together a bit of championship force, Frank, that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And, and unlike maybe some of the other teams when they come up against what you call the, the, the top two or three, that they're going to be ready for that challenge. What's, what's your feeling? Are they building some momentum going into this uh, latter stages? I think Glenn Swilly are, are probably when you have Michael Murphy up front and you've sort of the energy that they've kind of unearthed in the last kind of two years. It looked like that they, they, they might be drifting off our you know our radar after those kind of three big ones you know that they've had like massive for a, a club like Glenn Swilly. But no, I think uh, Party Boner's doing a great job there. Um, I don't think they'll be too concerned about you know Sitnalls being on their coattails. Sitnalls kind of been unlucky in terms of what the draws kind of thrown at them. Like you go through that Sitnalls team, you probably you probably pick out you know seven, eight, nine absolute quality players. Uh, they've kind of just been a bit unlucky. Uh, like it'll be very interesting. Then Swilly, in terms of physicality, in terms of being direct, they're kind of unique in the sense that when you have somebody like Michael that you can lie up like like you can send like you can be as, as direct. From as far out and as deep as you want, there like they'll quite like they're in a great position because if they go into the knockout stages, like they'll fancy rattling anybody. And you've seen over the years, even when they're in their pomp, Britain, like they're determined, they're dogged. Like there's a real brokel quality to them, like you know, and that's lost at a lot of clubs. You know, like you don't see that dynamic, but it's alive and well in Glenswilly. Like it's alive and well in places like Glenties. So yeah, I would say Porrick's really, really happy with how things are going there. And like again. Um, the big test will come for them, Brent, when they're in the knockout stages. Yes. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yes, indeed. So, listen, sitting up there, Glenn Swilly, Kilcar, and a rear perfect two from two. We've four, four sides yet to get off the mark there St. Michael's, Mulford, St. Knowles. Who else am I missing there, Frank? Killy Beggs. You know, and, and Frank, I think, in, particularly in a couple of them games, they have competed. So, this next round of matches, you know, you have four masters, St. Michael's, St. Unions, Ardra. Uh, Glenn Swilly hosting Dunlow, Glenn Finn hosting McCool's Derby game there, Killy Beggs are playing Arua, Milford, Neve Connell, Kilcar, St. Nalls. That's next up, Frank, and it's probably more than anything the sides that haven't got off the market are going to be desperate for a victory in this one. Yeah, you kind of start looking at that there table and just in terms of structure, but you start thinking, 
you know, you're breaking it down to 12 and then you're looking like our draft at the very bottom of that there. But I mean, many teams are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's eight sides all locked on two points. So, I mean, there's, there's serious scope for movement there uh, in the final two rounds of, of it. Like, I suppose, like, even, like, you're looking at that there bottom four there, like, like, you know what, like, I always think of uh, that that 12th spot, kind of aiming just to avoid being in a relegation dogfight, like, no matter what your championship aspirations are, there'll be four sides going into that there quarterfinal preliminary round, I suppose, that that they'll probably be fodder for whatever comes on anybody else's way. But it's the four sides, Brendan, that finishes bottom that are maybe feared of dropping out of the senior championship. You know, the, that there is the big danger. Some sides might kind of, they've been kind of struggling on for, I suppose, two or three years. Look at my own club, Ardra. Like, they've kind of been... I suppose seasonal sort of strugglers now, you know, avoiding drop through semi-finals and relegation deciders. So, I mean, like that would have been a massive one for them against Glenfinn at the weekend. Like nobody probably expected, even though like Glenfinn weren't pulling up trees in the All County League, obviously making the drop and that there. So, like, like all of a sudden, our drawer probably thinking, you know, if we could get one more point on the board or one more result on the board, at least it draws a line under a season, regardless. If we progress and you know whatever comes their way, will come their way in the preliminary quarter final. I think the big thing for every side of the man is just kind of staying out of that there bottom four. You know, yeah, that's the target. Well, listen, we'll be keeping an eye all in this round three. We're looking forward to it, Frank. No doubt, I'll catch you around the ground somewhere and we'll get some updates for you as the championship progresses. No worries, Brent. Appreciate it. Top man, Frank Craiger of the Iconic Media Group. Great to have him on there. We're going to take a wee ad break now and Barry Meehan will be on. We'll take a look across the intermediate and junior championships from the weekend. I think he's coming in now. <laughs> Barry, are you there? I'm here, Brent. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to hear this voice. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was the last go at it. It was panic stations there. I was going to be floating through, uh, what do you call it, the radio space or whatever you call it. But listen, good to hear your voice as ever, Barry. Thanks so much for joining us this evening. You're very welcome, Brendan. Very welcome. Very good, man. Barry, I was down to Scarvey uh, yesterday to watch the uh, Inishon Derby, of course, of Bunkrana and Mallon. Uh, before we get to that, Barry, I think probably the big result from the weekend, if you would agree with me, would be, it's called a massive statement here uh, in the paper, Terman uh, Downing's uh, uh, top quality performance, a game that people thought would be very close. It was anything but uh, from the Terman lads, really setting down a statement in terms of potential winners of this competition. Absolutely, Brendan. Like, geez, they were very, very impressive. And, you know, it is a big statement, you know, and there's two two big ones on the trap there from Terramont. And, you know, what you see at the moment, I suppose, from that Terramont team is the spread of scores and the ability to get goals, which is going to be very important in Intermediate Championship. Um, I suppose, as I said, the back is tipped earnings to, to do well in this Intermediate Championship. So, like, for Terramont to do that there to them on Saturday night was a big, big statement. Um, and suppose it leaves Downings with a big game now against Fanon Gales coming up. Um, you know, Downings have struggled the last couple of times against Fanon. Um, so they need they need a win now because they don't want to go into Glen in the last game looking for points. So, uh, you know, that's a big one for Terman and it's, it kind of sets the tone in the Intermediate Championship, doesn't it? Yeah. So there's no, the, the way the championships are set up, obviously the, the seniors have been evolving with draws and that, but the, the, the set championship is there. For the four teams, people know where where they're going to be, and as you mentioned, the spread of scores. Darren McDade had two two in that, and certainly one two to no score. Uh, it's some start to the match, um, uh, Barry, and certainly listen, Terman are coming into this championship all guns blazing. They are, they are, and suppose they had a bit of upheaval before the start of the championship. Like, but you know, as we said before, like they've got plenty of talent, plenty of players. 
Um, I suppose maybe people felt they were being stricter a wee bit last year, and they really seem Kieran McGeady seems to be letting them go at it. You know, and you young Kieran McGinnam's going well there for them, along with the likes of Darren McDade and Bobby McGettigan and Ryan McFadden. You know, and, and Jamie Grant too. You know, so they have they have a serious good outfit. You know, and if they can click, they're going to be very hard stopped. Yes, indeed. I say, Barry, I was down at the Scarvey uh, yesterday, and uh, listen, was was a defence first type uh, game, but certainly a great uh, a comeback in many ways in the end from uh, Malin uh, after the match. I spoke with their manager, Michael Byrne. Uh, brilliant stuff from your team in the latter stages, and the subs you sent on managed to pull a point uh, from the jaws of defeat. I uh, know. Do you know what, Bryn? It's uh... You know yourself, local derby, going under the last 10 minutes, then we're, we're three points down. Going under the last five minutes, three points down. And I thought definitely the bench really helped us. A couple of young boys came on there. Dara Douglas has just done from minor last year. And to come on and to have that impact at that age, to have that calm head, to, to maybe make the right decision at the right time. Um, no, I'm delighted to get out. Get away with a point, to be honest yeah, now, Brian. Yeah, his first score, there was a potential goal on there, the first one, the high ball in. Both sides trying the high ball in the second half, the unhinged the defence. Did you think at that point, when the, when the goal didn't go in, it was going to go away from you? Because they, they, even though it was a short lead, with such a, such a low-scoring game, it still looked like Bunkranas at that stage. No, definitely, Brendan. But I think one thing we try to practice, even training, is just not to make rash decisions when, when you're really going into that... That, that, that really important time of the game where one bad decision could cost you the game and I was happy with just the, the, the calm, calm minds and, and doing the right thing and, and, and kind of working the score, working the score uh, when it was on rather than forcing it you know and, and, and in general play I mean, the, the wide count it uh, up about 8-9 eight, eight, there was a couple in the keeper's arms it could have been a very different game had you converted a few of those chances I thought we were wasteful in the first half Brian. I thought we got under good uh, positions in the pitch and, and and fairness normally our forwards are pretty cl- clinical you know and, and um, it just turned out that today we were, we were just an off day in the forwards I thought you know the shape of our team we, we were we were compact and, and then we were hitting them on the break but we probably left I think maybe five or six behind that first half where um, and listen you know Bunkrana's not going to go away they're one of them teams that just stay with you and then they, 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 they had a great uh, third quarter there pushed on ahead and, and I think it showed great heart to come back and, and get what could be a vital point for us, you know. Yeah, and after last year, I suppose, you know, you had a great league run. The championship came very quick. You lost a couple of players. You never found your championship form. So a massive championship year for you. You've had a, a, a victory against Larry and Gales last week. And again, this week, the characters in the team to come back, you see, at that point could be vital to see you into the latter stages of the championship this time. Well, that's the aim now. And it's, we've, we've, we've run out home on Saturday evening and... and uh, It'll be all eyes on that now. I mean, last year, you're right. But at the, at the end of the day, with injuries and different things, we still didn't perform. And that was, you know, we we're hurt by that. And it, was, it is a big focus of us now to make sure that we perform this year, in the, you know, in the championship. And, and just to put a good account of ourselves to show that, that we're not just a league team, you know. And hopefully that'll be the case now as we move forward. Yeah, a point gained certainly for Malin there. Gary Duffy's interviews up on HighlandRadio.com as is Martin Regan and Niall O'Donnell's from yesterday's game as well, as well as a host of feedback on the championships. Uh, Barry, what was your making of that in terms of uh, either of this side being a, being a contender in this competition? It was a bit of a slog, uh, Barry. It took a while to get going, but there was an exciting finish to it. 
I would suppose, listen, Ben, a couple of things there. Listen, probably suit both those teams to get a good slog like that there because like there's a lot of those games at intermediate level that's going to come down to those, you know, one or two points. The end game's going to be very close. I suppose as Michael alluded to there, you know, he was very happy with the composure of being three down and to be able to get back into the game. So I'd say Malin are very happy to come out of there with, with the point. And I'd say both teams, in fairness, like they have three points on the board now and another one will see them will see them through to the quarterfinals. So they're getting good competitive of games uh, and you know and they're still probably with plenty to work on going into the quarter or going forward like I suppose I expect both of them to make it to the quarterfinals you know so you would expect them that they're being good enough Nick when it comes to quarterfinals you know that they're going to be road tested rather than coming through without being tested Yes and this is another very interesting game there uh, Barry Bundorn uh, Neve Columba Bundorn just aging them out uh, getting that v- much needed victory for them 9-8 the low scoring one as well uh, Barry but that, that'll that give uh, Bundorn a bit of confidence now because the, there's another two teams you're looking at with, with serious potential Yeah I suppose listen Bundorn probably were about you know maybe after the first day you know I think it was a like, Kicked thirteen points, was it? But they, they still ended up on the wrong side of the wrong side of the result, you know. So at least I would say, like the fact that they did a tight game, the one would be more important to them that they got two points on the board. I think Ben will probably happy, like they'll not be happy to be beat. But the fact that you know they they got a good competitive game, you know that'll stand to them. But again, it comes back to that home advantage again, and everybody talks about the home advantage in that their media championship, and you know the effect that it can have. Like that's one point one there for Bundoran. You know, Jamie Brennan, six six points, three of them frees. You know, and how many of those like you know, what do you get on a on an opposition's pitch? You know, the fact that Jimmy Brennan knows Gaelic Park and Bundoran very well and you know, one or two of those um points the last day would have would have come from knowing that pitch well, you know. So but I would say listen, both teams will be happy enough again here. Um this group's turning into a very, very tight group between Terman Downings, Bundoran, and Eve Columba, now Fanon, but they won yesterday as well. Do you know it's gonna there's gonna be five teams, I would say, fighting four places here. Yeah, interesting about Jamie Brennan. Just you know, Barry, I thought you know he seemed to struggle a wee bit from the heights that he hit that that, that sparkling corner forward for Donegal. The eleven position he was playing, I thought he really grew under it, and maybe the pressure of scoring was off him a small bit because it can be a heavy burden to carry there at times. I think that link play that he does, his fitness then in that central position, really suits him, and you can see you now he's, he's coming into this championship and he's playing mighty mighty stuff by all accounts. Yeah, and he's he's got such pace and power as well, Ben. But you know, if he if he gets the ball maybe in around the opposition or his own forty five, he can carry it fast into the opposition's forty five, you know, and he can become a real threat. Yes, indeed. And Fanny Gales, you were, you mentioned they're picking up a one against Neve Breed, uh, uh, Barry again, a team with serious potential. Yeah, listen, and you know, players playing very, very well for him this year, Liam McGrenahan. And like Liam's only, only 19, 20, like, and we had him in last year and he did very, very well. He was in the year before as well, you know, and he's, he's really stepped up to the mark because they have a lot of injuries this year. And like Liam, Liam's really stepped up to the mark. And Jamie Nanny had a lot of scores here, there yesterday as well. But that was an, an important one for them. They needed that because otherwise, you know, they could be, you know, if they went down to Neat Breed yesterday, they could be fighting a relegation battle. But now that it's the other side of the coin, they go to Downings next week with a pep on their step you know and if they can get a result in Downings well they're thinking quarter final then yeah indeed and listen big weekend for Letty Kenny Gales goes to the first home match at Park Nagale out in the Glebe there uh, very against Red Hughes and Red Hughes you know capable team themselves so there's 170 10 points they'll be happy listen not to be beat anyway in your, your first game and listen they're up into this championship and Barry you've seen teams come up 
many's a time and then struggle uh, with the step up. But it's important, you know, whatever you do in that season, to be able to hold your own. So it was important for uh, Letterkenny Gales to at least get a point from that fixture. It was, surely. And suppose, listen, they put in a, a massive performance against Malin and didn't get anything in the end. Could have got something in the end, didn't get anything in the end. You know, so at least, you know, they got something out of this week's performance. And it's a valuable point for them. As you say, it probably might save them from the drop or, you know, could, it might springboard them into the quarters. You know, if they get another another couple of points on the board, they'll, they'll be pushing for the quarters, you know. So that's that's the that's the carrot that's in front of them now. You know, I suppose Red Hughes were backed up by last week's one over Niwara. Um, another one should see them through. So again, both teams will be happy enough with that draw. Well, you know, one could have won it, the other could have won it as well. Mm, certainly, Conor McBurley won five top score for yeah, uh, big score. Yeah, and certainly Jack Gillespie uh, providing ammunition. That's the key, Barry. You know, you, you so many sides to this, and you know, just coming from the Scarvey yesterday, you know, both teams would feel you know very unhappy with the scoring percentages. And you know, I spoke to Michael Byrne about that. You know, I think at half time they'd won one the board. They'd probably six wides and one in the keeper's hands and that and that is the difference you know if you have that mm. wee bit of composure when yeah. you're on top you know and you think of how different the game would be if, if either side you know when uh, for my, um, Bunkrana would have been disappointed by some of their wides as well if you have a like a, a, a good uh, target man inside or a good free ticker there is the value in, in those two score lines yesterday yeah, huge, huge players, especially at intermediate level. You know, if you can, if you can have a man that hits five, six, seven points, you know, between from play and from freeze, like he's really worth a soft fee at this level. Yes, indeed. And and Barry, uh, the uh, junior championship from the weekend. What what caught your eye across that? A couple of interesting uh, results in this the, as well. The big one I would see at the moment is Steve Connell. You know, they like they put up a big score against Lafford. They did really, really well against Narasa the week before, you know. So, and I know that it's Steve Connell's second team, but like they're they're doing really, really well. Or or Narasa against Oris another big result. I suppose Convoy is the other one. Convoy put up two big scores. You yeah. know, so at the moment now the big thing with Neve Connell, they probably lost Mark David after after yesterday's game and he came on as a sub against the Unions. So they're probably going to lose him. So that that's why that's probably where it's going to impact Neve Connell if they lose players to their senior team, you know. But it seems to be Neve Connell, Narasa and Convoy at the moment. Yeah, the, the convoy result. Were you, were you surprised at the level there? You know, with Karen. You know, in terms of the ability that you thought they might win on this challenge. I mean, two twenty four points. Did that surprise you? But by, by the scoreline, Karen uh, were able to post in that match. Yeah, listen, convoy, convoy, solid team. You know, supposed to come down from intermediate last year, and there wouldn't have been. They wouldn't have been hammered out to get any of those games, you know. They were beat by one or two points, so like they're they're probably well battle hardened. The big thing there is probably you know the fact that Karen only scored four points and that they were going so well last year. And now that's the first two games. Now they seem to be struggling a bit, and they're probably looking likely that they might not make the make the quarterfinals. They lost to Moville there, and now they've lost to Convoy. So another defeat for them, and 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 it's it's curtains by the looks of things. Yeah, and you think just by the way it's happened now that Neve Connell, like it's the, their second team there, and just the way Neve Connell is with players. They seem to keep playing and playing. You know, we see it with their senior teams. So you're going to have a sprinkling like of, of senior championship winners in there. And, uh, you know, they're posting big scores, 3-12-1-6 against uh, Neve Paddock, as you were saying there. But when it gets down to crunch times as well, you have a lot of composure with that, with that experience, you know, might be tipping an advantage their way. 
Oh, absolutely. Listen, the likes of the likes of Derek Gallagher, you have Aaron Thompson. You know, you've then you've a lot of lot of younger boys there too that would have played uh, senior football this year with them. Need Francis Boylan, um, two Rorty one of the Rorty lads that played senior. I think Sean. You know, so and then you've Mark McDevitt as well. Again, he probably burned yesterday. But like then you look at the roster of Adrian Sweeney and Adrian Hamlin and both Christian Warner. Like they're. There's some good players in that junior championship, Brendan, and, you know, I suppose it's the team that's able to pull it together around those better players is going to be the strongest build, you know. Yeah, this Killian Boner hitting one six of that one fifteen impressive stuff for him against yeah, Oris. Yeah. Big big trip to Oris. Were you surprised about the Adrian Sweeney uh, transfer? You know, I know Michael Higgerty uh, played a few minutes uh, at the weekend for uh, Duncan Ely there and uh, <laughs> Evergreen, but Eddie's in there as well. Eddie probably has a year or two more on him. Um, very surprising uh, transfer. It certainly got a, a bit of a reaction in, in Dunlow in that. But listen, that's yeah. that's that's where he's ended up. I suppose he, he I mean, always was on that borderline where he lived. He was kind of, you know, in the Narasa parish. I better watch my uh, geography now in case I get this wrong. But uh, he's somewhere along the borderline. So I don't think it was a problem kind of where he lived. Uh, a, mass, a massive asset for Narasa. To, like you know, we probably there's probably not sixteen minutes in him, but imagine him coming in for the last ten minutes. You know, if you're even if you're a point up or a point down, you know, even just for that there bit of composure, you know, to be able to get a score or to be able to you know, to control the play, like it's a huge, huge asset for yeah, asset for Narasa. Yeah, I see Neve Neve Alton is hitting three fifteen, and if you've again the likes of Mickey Higgs coming in there, you know, it's only. Like the other season, he was still doing a job for uh, Kilcar. And again, that experience to have someone him in the round, uh, the dressing room, and, and not just like you're saying there, but impact maybe around the pitch of that. You know, he's going to bring, you know, a lot to the young players in terms of uh, a, a bit of guide, guidance to them as well. You know, there's so many sides to having lads like that that you've mentioned there with Dave Connell and Adrian Nunsini, now with Michael Haggerty, their effect kind of on a, a, a junior side, what, what they could do for them in terms of, you know, on the pitch and off the pitch, ah, and their, their experience is huge. Right? I suppose they've only really getting really getting their championship up up and running this weekend, you know. So it's probably next week against Karen and the following week against um, Moville that you'll you'll see Mickey Hegarty's re- real uh, real influence come into play, you know, whenever they come into the into the tighter games. But um, Alice, that experience and even to be able to talk the younger boys through the games and kind of advise them and just even to be to be in the right place. A lot of them just have that ability to be in the right place at the right time, and they'll not they'll not run seventy eighty yards to get the ball, but maybe within five six yards they're always in the right place at the right time. Yeah, interesting stuff, Barry. Just we're down to the last minute. Your word on on Jimmy McGuinness. What are you expecting this year from Donegal? All Ireland. Yes, boy. I like <laughs> ah, listen, it. Yeah, listen, I like it. I like it. You know, the bottom, the bottom line is. The likelihood is all those players that are going to be coached by him are going to reach their full potential as a result of it. And like whatever that there brings, you know, if it's an Ulster, maybe in the first year, maybe in All Ireland down the line, who knows? Like, but you know, at least these players will will get better as a result of Jim's coaching. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Barry, the the tactics. Do you, do you think it'll start defence first? You know, people are lo- looking at will there be a change? Will this and that? I presume when he goes in first, it's going to be have to get your defence solid, and then we'll work on the counter. I would say so. I would say so. I would say he's going. He's going to build from the back. I suppose most most teams do nowadays, Ben. And listen, before before you can do anything, you need a solid, tight defence. And I think that there's what he's going to do. And it's going to be a. You know what they're going to have is a hard working team. Yeah, you need to be hard working. You'd be hard to be hard to beat by. You know all about that in your coaching by first class. Thanks for rounding up the junior and intermediate from the weekend there. 
You're very welcome, Brendan. Thank you. Top man, Barry Meehan there, uh, giving us the lowdown on the Intermediate and Junior. I want to thank Joe Dex for producing the show this evening. And I want to... Yes, Joe's just sorting me out here. I want to thank Joe Dex for producing the show this evening. The boys are coming on now, of course, the Monday night sessions. Jimmy and Paul will liven things up now shortly for you. I'll be back next week uh, with another look across round three in the Championship. I'll speak to you all then.